Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. Hi everyone, it's Roxanne Durhage of Authentic Living with Roxanne. Today I have a special guest that's decided to come back and spend some great time with us. That's Pete Bombacci, and he's with the Genwell Project. And we've been talking about connection, um, I think throughout uh, our time in the last 18 months, but I think his conversation with me was so special that I thought we needed to kind of come back and talk about it again. It's not something that we need to talk about just when I want to say we were in desperate times, but to really look at the ongoing um, actions that you take. And him and I were talking just before we got online with what are you going to do, actually do um, to actualize the steps that we talk about. I should talk to that friend. I should take that step, you know, to say hi to my neighbor who's just lost someone. What are those steps? So Pete, again, thanks so much for coming back uh, to spending time with my audience. Uh, Roxanne, it's uh, honestly, you and I have connected a few times now, and I enjoy every conversation, and uh, I just love the work you're doing and the conversations that you're creating. So let's let's talk, like, you know, I'm thinking we talked uh, about a year ago now, and how have things been with um, what you're seeing out there with uh, connection um, with people that involved in the general project what are you seeing out there now? well isn't it so great that COVID ended shortly after that conversation isn't a year ago and uh oh well, I guess that's oh no that was the fantasy <laughs> world that we all thought we were in that it was going to be done by June or July or uh, whenever time it was um you know here we are we're 18 months into this pandemic um, I can tell you from a from a Genwell project standpoint, um, and I think I might even have mentioned this on our first chat, is five years ago when we launched this in 2016, a global human connection movement that was trying to educate, empower, and catalyze people to take action, to take care of their social health. Most people looked at me like I was crazy. They thought, you know, what are you talking about social connection? You know, I see people every day. And what I will say has happened over the course of the last 18 months is that people have uh, uh, raised their consciousness as to how much we actually need each other. And, you know, to your point on your opening comments, I think it's really critically important. Waiting until you're in the crisis, uh, until you actually reach out and build a community of people and a network of people that can support you through the ups and downs that we are all going to go through is truly the definition of insanity. So it may have taken a global pandemic to wake us up to the need for greater human connection, but I think the future is bright. If we can take a silver lining, there's many silver linings out of this, but if one of them is that we value our human connections more than we ever have before, and I mean with family, friends, neighbors, colleagues, and classmates, then maybe that's one of the beautiful things that we can all take away from, from the global pandemic. You know, I wanted to share this experience. Um, so my birthday which I never thought anything about weather because I grew up in Trinidad, like I said to you earlier, is January 15th. So I'm the first of first birthday of six kids. So I thought, oh, this is good, right? Parents have enough between Christmas and my birthday. And there was normally uh, something um, huge that was planned, great weather. I moved to Canada, of course, 
You know what happens in mid-January for birthdays? Not so good. <laughs> so for this for this birthday, my I always, you know, because that's me, I always throw myself a birthday party. Not because I want a birthday party, but guess when everybody gets together because I have this birthday party. I have done this and this has been a tradition. It's something actually something that my uh, parents started when we were quite young. They had six kids. Every year there was a get together. And of course you'd have your little friends, but what you'd also have is family, right? That would come over and everybody would be like, the adults would be there, but the kids would be kind of there as well. And we would all connect. So I kept the tradition up. So for the pandemic, um, obviously couldn't do that. It's very, very cold. There's a lot of snow on, on the ground. And my two dearest friends say, okay, we're coming over, but we know we can't come inside because that's when we couldn't come inside. And we're going, we're going for a walk. We went in the snow for a two hour walk. Needless to say, it was not my idea of, oh, this is all fun. We were, you know, laughing, joking, having fun, talking. And so I said, oh, you know, of course, wanting to, them to come inside, you know, of course we can't hug, all that stuff. And, you know, you're, you know, and it, for me, what happened was, and then they said, well, guess what? We bought treats. Well, I have a little kind of stoop at the front. So here we are, we're in our coats. We're having, you know, a drink, a little drink of wine and snacks. And we're all in our gloves, just an experience. And as I'm having this experience with my friends out of nowhere, I, I'm, I tear up and I'm in tears and I'm thinking about it now. I'm getting emotional. And I said, I just want to let you two know how much I love you. And they went, everybody just burst into tears. Now, these are friends, the one I've had for 30 years and the other I've had for about 12. We know we love each other, Pete, but we, we had never, unfortunately, sat down because we're not always, you know, friends. Um, you know, you joke around, you don't really share that depth of experience. So the one thing that I can say about the pandemic is out of loss, even for someone like me, who is such a connector, it brought me to a profound level to share things that I otherwise would not have shared um, with two amazing women in my life and who had tried just to make that day, even though it's a day um, with all the guidelines special. Amazing story and very beautiful. And so, uh, A, thank you for sharing that. But I, I think this is what we all need to recognize is certainly when we, when we lose things is when we recognize what we've lost. And oftentimes we take things for granted along the way. But in that, in that walk and while you're sitting out there and I, and I love the fact that you had your gloves on while you were drinking wine, I think that's just classy. That is the way we should all be drinking wine in the middle of winter. Um, but I think the moments that we forget time, you know, you weren't thinking about how cold it was when you were talking with them, sitting on the porch and having a laugh and, and talking about whatever special occasions, moments, you know, the things that happened in your week. Yeah. And this is the power of human connection. And this is what the general project is trying to share with people. We've been educated about exercise. We know we're supposed to exercise proactively, just take care of our health. We know that we're supposed to eat well, you know, more fruit and vegetables, even in the last decade, you know, because some of the work that's been done to raise awareness about mental health, we, we understand mindfulness, we understand gratitude and journaling. And now whether we do it or not, that's a whole different question. But I think educating people about the power of human connection and their social health is so critically important because when we connect with other people, it helps us cope. 
It helps us find solutions and it helps us build the resilience that gets us through not only the bad times, Mm -hmm. but how about celebrating the good times? And so, you know, on the other side of this pandemic, we will get back together. And won't it be amazing when we can Mm -hmm. finally get together, hug, touch the people that we mean, that mean the most to us and and actually celebrate the fact that we now can get together. And and we all have talked about the parties that we're going to have. And for some people that may not be the natural reaction because it's not going to be easy for everybody. We've been, we've been locked down for 18 months on and off. And when you are out of habit, when you have extended period of times where you don't do something, you know, even exercise is a great example. And I'm, I'm a good example. 18 months, I haven't done much exercise. I haven't mm-hmm. taken care of my health. Getting back on the horse now is, is proving to be a challenge. And it's no different than with our social health. If you're out of the habit of connecting with other people, this is what the GenWell Project is trying to do with something like GenWell Weekend, which as we're talking right now is this weekend when we're trying to catalyze people to actually do it. Don't talk about it, don't think about it. And if you're struggling, if you happen to be struggling, you know, hopefully somebody in your life will recognize, hey, I haven't seen Roxanne in a little while. I should reach out to Roxanne because I really love her, I respect her, I care for her. And and that one phone call may be the greatest gift we can give each other right now. You know what I wanted to talk a little bit about, and I've heard heard conversations like this. Uh, No, I'm an extrovert. You know, I, you know, it was really tough not seeing people, but I heard a lot of people that are introverted talk about, um, I actually like this lockdown Mm -hmm. and, you know, because, you know, to get out and see people was always an issue for me. And I'm glad that I had the capacity to just be alone a lot. Have you heard a lot of people talk about that, that um, actually I like being alone Um, and not talk about what we're talking about, which is the need for human connection. Because the perception is with extroverts, we get our energy from connection, which is is proven in in a lot of the assessments that we would do with people. Introverts get connection from being alone by being by themselves most of the time. So I don't know if you've talked to people that have shared that with you. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of people who've shared that. Uh, it, it's actually been more people who've asked me that question than it is the people who, who've been uh, impacted by it. And here's, here's what the research shows, is that introverts need human connection as much as extroverts. They don't, they don't want it as often, and they don't want to do it in large groups. And so this is what the GenWell Project message is all about. There's lots of activities that happen throughout the course of the year. You know, communities, even cities host big events and they want to bring everybody down. And what we need to recognize is when we talk about GenWell and we talk about the GenWell weekend, what we say is a GenWell Project can be anything. It can be you having a coffee with a neighbor or a friend. It could be a barbecue. It could be a street lawn potluck or a basketball game. The point is understanding that we are an inclusive movement that's trying to make it easier for anybody to get connected and to be. And so therefore, you know, if you are an introvert, then my hope is that I can inspire you to reach out to one person and say, hey, Roxanne, would you would you be open to going for a coffee with me or vice versa? You pick up the phone and say, Pete, I know you, you know, I know these are challenging times for you. I know you're a bit of an introvert. If we've got a relationship, hey, why don't you and I go and grab? Actually, right after this, this call, after this uh, chat, I'm actually going to have a chat with an introvert uh, and I'm going to have a coffee one-on-one with him. And, and that's what we need to recognize is, A, 
Introverts need human connection. Nobody survives on this planet without having people at some way, shape or form in their lives. And so what we're trying to do, even with Genwell Weekends, we do it twice a year, once in the spring and once in the fall, is maybe those are the only two times a year that you think about that person, but let's think about those people. And I did have a friend early on in the pandemic who's an introvert who said, Pete, I really loved being an introvert until I wasn't allowed to go out when I wanted to go. What he loved to do was he actually loved to go to Starbucks and sit in Starbucks by himself and have a coffee. And what that allowed him to do was give him a sense of belonging because he could feel like he was part of the community by buying a coffee, sitting there and seeing people cycle around him, but there was no risk to him. He was just there on his own. And, you know, one of the beautiful things in in our recent Canadian social connection survey uh, that we just did in May, June, and we just released the results, which I encourage anybody that uh, catches this to to, uh, go have a look at is When you talk to strangers, it increases your likelihood of being happy by three times. Mm. And one of the beautiful things for an introvert is that there's no risk when you talk to a a stranger. You can say, hi, how are you? And that could be the end of that conversation. And that's good enough for an introvert. They just need that little, hey, I'm here. I exist. I see you. So for all of us, the opportunity to build greater health and happiness in our lives through a simple conversation with a stranger or a simple hello, a gesture maybe a, a beautiful thing that we all want to incorporate into our lives. Well, I, I like the idea that when you smile at someone, you know, it's infectious, right? And then it's kind of like, it is like a virtual hug because when you're, you know, walking by, you know, have you ever just walked by somebody and they're smiling and you're thinking, why are they smiling? And then you smile back because <laughs> you're thinking, well, oh, I don't even know you, do I? And you're smiling as you're walking by them. And you know what I mean? Toronto, you'd, of course, when I worked up there, you know, I because me coming from a little island, so the, the tradition in Trinidad is, you, you, good morning, sir or ma'am, for your adults. And you had to say hello. That was like the unwritten rule that I grew up with. And, you know, so when I came to North America, so I think also culture, but also I think, um, you know, climate as well, I think impacts that. And I, I don't know how much research you've done on that, but I think in, you know, in smaller um, little environments when the you know the temperature is 95 degrees and there's smaller little communities it's easier to connect as well I often say that I grew up in a village and my I still think of my little um, space that I live here in Niagara Falls as my little village because I replicated because you know you, you would you would say hello to everybody you would smile you would, you would acknowledge them um, sir or ma'am and you would it would be considered uh, rude in my culture, to walk past someone without acknowledging them. So, you know, all these little things that you think about that you don't, it's kind of like, is that part of me? Where did I learn that? But it's something that I, um, you know, something as as simple as when my son was growing up, I would say to him, um, can you share with your friends that when they come to the door, it's an ex, you know, it's something that mommy likes that I would like them to say at least hello and good (laughs) And he'd be like, oh, he says, don't they say that, mom? And I go, of course, no, some of them don't. He goes, oh, okay. So he says to them, some of his buddies, hey, when you come to my house, can you just at least say hello and goodbye to to my mom? I think that's so beautiful, Roxanne. (laughs) You know, and then he went, he's he's just assumed they all did. And I said, again, it's, it's something that I grew up with that I just think if someone's coming and leaving, if I'm entering a room as well, it's something. And I've also, um, you know, with my um, family done the same kind of, 
that's respectful. Again, some of maybe a cultural nuance, um, but just like showing my presence in that, you know, I'm in your, I'm in your space and I'm kind of asking for kind of acceptance coming in and then giving you gratitude for having had me there as well. Yeah. So many beautiful things that you've just said there. I think just raising the consciousness of young people that a simple hello uh, can change the tone and the vibe within a room because now you've broken down the barriers. And this is the struggle that we have in society is the fact that not only have we built the physical barriers around us with bigger homes for smaller families and taller fences and backyard and automatic garage doors and in-home movie theaters. Now we can order food and just about anything we want to our front door. You know what? We've gotten out of the habit of connecting. And so therefore a young person might walk into your house and not even consider saying hello, or even on their end, maybe fearful of saying it, which you, you and I would look at that and go, why would you fear saying hello to, you know, your son's mom? It's, you know, at the end of the day, it's those greetings, those gestures that break down those initial barriers that allow a conversation to potentially happen. Cause you may be, you may have a free minute and you go, Hey, Jimmy, how's your football game go? Or how, you know, and this is how we build connection. But, you know, I'll say uh, part of our mission as the Genwell Project, and I, again, that stranger's example is a, is a great one, is, you know, we've been told our whole lives to do what, Roxanne? Not talk to strangers. Mm -hmm. You know, and now we're waking up in a world where we've been locked down for 18 months. And now the research, as we've seen, you know, triples your chance of being happy. So most of us, I think one of our life aspirations is to be happy or at least happier. Mm -hmm. You know, we know that over 90% of the time when you speak to a stranger, it ends up in a positive experience for both parties. So if we can start educating people that, yes, you should talk to strangers. And yes, no, when you're in a dark alley at nine o'clock at night or you're a young child and you're alone, I'm not talking about those occasions. I'm talking about when you're walking down your own street, when you're in the midst of a busy town on a major street or whatever, and you see people even on the other side of the street, what a great opportunity to look across and go, Hey, how you doing? You know, Hey, love your shoes. You know, whatever it is, you know, all these things can help build the bridges that make people feel happier, healthier, a, a greater sense of belonging. And at the end of the day, you walk away feeling better because you know, when I educate you on the power of human connection, you may do it because you recognize it makes you health, happier and healthier and the other person happier and healthier. And that's really the power that human connection can have. But we have a society who's not educated on it. And that's what the mission of the Genwell Project is. Number one is we need to tell people and educate them so that they can empower themselves to say, I think I can go out and make a difference every day just by talking to people. You know, as, as a practitioner in psychotherapy or even as in coaching, right? Like, you know, never underestimate the space, right? Like, so the neuroscience behind it is we're calibrating at all points, right? So you never aware how you're impacting others right so sometimes when I would be dealing with others and they're anxious or depressed and sometimes I'm saying nothing but I'm just you know in their space and then you know some clients it'll go why is it that I come when I see you and within about 10-15 minutes I'm like oh I feel so much better like I feel like did you do something? And I'm like, did you do something? I'll, I'll throw it back to them. And they go, well, no, I didn't do anything. I go, well, it's, it's just exactly. called, it's called, um, you know, heart to heart connection. And they go, really? I said, yeah, because I said, when you came in here 
and we start to talk, you know, you had, you were bringing so many worries with you and, and which are all very valid, you know, yep. however, I just sat and I listened and I, I just said, I'm here for you. And they go, is that what you did? And I go, well, I think that's what I did. And then they go, yeah, because now I feel like I was up here, like really, really high. And now I feel like, oh, I feel so much better. Not that anything's changed, but I can feel within my body that my heart's, you know, slowed down a bit more. My breathing is a little bit deeper, you know, and I'm hearing you now. And so, you know, I actually feel privileged. And I, I often say in, in my role, uh, Pete, that I, I, you know, what, how grateful I am to be, have those experiences with other human beings, you know, um, one-to-one when I'm helping them. But it's something that it need not be in a room like mind coaching or as a psychotherapist. You can actually do that just by stopping um, in your space when you do say hello to say, how are, you, how are you doing? And really just slowing yourself down and that impacts someone else. And the value of that, I know um, in my training is that they, they said that most of the changes when I was in my internship was around calibrating your space with the other person. And you and I are so aligned on so much, you know, I look at the Genwell project as almost, I, I want to say I'm a compliment to every coach and every psychotherapist, because I know uh, several, I have a coach, I talk to her every couple of weeks. And uh, I know people that are struggling with substance abuse, I know people that are battling anxiety and depression. I know people that are going through divorces. I know people that have lost jobs, financial pressures. I know people, uh, a gentleman who's been diagnosed with, you know, stage four cancer uh, through uh, the pandemic. Um, at the end of the day, uh, people can have their coach and they can have their psychotherapist, but they can't have them 24 hours a day. They can have them probably an hour a week, maybe, maybe twice a week because most of us can't afford it. But I think what the Genwell project is, and I, I hope one day that every coach and every psychotherapist in this country says, hey, by the way, other than when you come to see me, because I am that listening sounding board, I want you to follow the Genwell project. Because I want you to understand that building healthy relationships outside, because I'm, and I, I have a, a great, uh, there's a lady, um, Miriam, I think, Kiermauer, and she wrote an article for the Mirror in the UK. And I had a conversation with her and, and she's a psychotherapist as well. And she said, uh, the, the thing that people need to understand is I'm not your friend. I, while you're here, I am your coach. I am your therapist. I am whoever I am. But at the end of the day, you need to go and champion relationships in your life. And that's what we're trying to do with the Genwell approach. We want to complement the work that you do in those sessions so that people can recognize, and you may have seen that every Friday we share an infographic, and those infographics mm -hmm. are to give people ideas on how they could start a connection today, whether it's talking to a stranger, talking to a neighbor, talking to a colleague, calling an old friend, and we give the facts and figures that help people understand it's not as risky as you might think. And B, we give you some ideas and suggestions that, hey, you want to talk to your neighbor that you've never said hello to, why don't you start by leaving a note on their door and saying, hey, hope to see you post-pandemic, it's been tough, or maybe leave some cookies or shovel their snow or take their garbage bins out. Do something to start that conversation, be a catalyst to making it happen, and then we can get that thing going. But the reality is when we talk to other people and the role that you play as a psychotherapist, and for me, you know, with my coach, 
is just by sharing. And this is the power of human connection. When you share your thoughts, it gets you out of this thing. Mm-hmm. Because this thing isn't nice to us when we're inside it, especially when we're thinking about all the troubles and the, and the challenges that we're having. And so recognizing and sharing with people that the power of getting out of your own head, again, discussing it helps you find solutions. There might be a problem and, and I might be able to say, hey, have you ever thought about, you know, coaching or therapy or, or you know, have you ever thought about going for a walk every day? I don't know what the solution is and everybody's is going to be different. But if we don't actually get outside of our own heads, we're, we're not going to find those alternatives uh, quite as easily as we will if we just stay in there. And that really, again, comes back to all of that leads to building the resilience that will help mm-hmm. us all find the solutions because we know who to go to. I know I can call Roxanne when I'm in, uh, I, Roxanne being my friend, I can call up Roxanne and say, hey, Roxanne, you got 10 minutes. I just want to chat through something because... You know, I'm, I'm not feeling so good about this decision I've made, and I wanted to get your perspective. Those resources around us, our friends, our family, the colleagues, former people that we've built relationships are invaluable. And especially as we've come through 18 months of a global pandemic, we need to find ways to stay connected, whether it's virtual through technology. And that's a great supplement because at the end of the day, we need to get back to what you described, you know, getting together with your friends at the start. We need to get back to sitting on our front porches, connecting with people, having a glass of wine or a a can of Coke or whatever you're going to have, because those are the moments that really are the things that make us uh, live happier and healthier lives. I want to speak to what Miriam said um, about that we're not your friends, but what I always try to impart on people is when you come and you see a coach or a therapist, um, or even if just pick somebody in your life that you connect really well with. Yeah. And try to kind of think, what is it that that person does to allow me to feel so good? And then say, what is it that I am doing to allow that space? Oftentimes, people think it's outside of themselves. But it could be that, um, you know, I often say you should have a friend that makes makes you laugh uncontrollably. You should have a friend that makes you um, kind of, you know, if you want somebody to give you hit you between the eyes, that's that friend. You have the other friend that's, you know, um, you know, the existential kind of person. You have the person that maybe can help you through kind of practical kind of solutions, either in family and business. We all need different kinds of connections at any given point. So if I want to laugh, I'm not going to call the person that's going to be talking about existentialism because I don't want to talk it through through the pandemic. Really, right now, I want somebody to tell me a really good joke so I could forget about the pandemic. And I think. That's what I try to say to people is they often say, well, you're so nice. I go, yeah, I'm nice. I said, but not everybody's going to think I'm nice. You're allowing me to be nice. So what is it that you're doing if you think I'm being nice to take it in? Because I have been with people that have not allowed um, their space to take in what I'm giving to them to start to really think about that. Is it that I, you know, I, when you smile, I smile, or is it that um, when I compliment you, you think about saying something, is it that I listen in a certain way that you really, really like and start to think about that because I think, and then on the converse, let's, let's be blunt. Think of someone that really you, you find it hard to be around and that will give, also give you information about what disconnection is about and the things that maybe you mm-hmm. want to try to work Uh, against i think a part of this is uh or i want to ask the question is what role do you think fear 
it plays in this because you know it, we we've built a world and and these things are part of it which is you know we now live in a world where we're watching people live human highlight reels every day and depending on how much time you spend on social passively scrolling through all your friends the kardashians the jenners the celebrities the mm -hmm. you know you could start to feel that you weren't good enough mm -hmm. and so you know when i when i go to see roxanne who is and I'll say this, you know, paid as a coach or a therapist, I, you're paid to be there for me. Yeah. And, and I wonder what role, and, for, and this is, again, this is part of the Genwell message is, hey, you build those deep, meaningful connections that remove the fear with time, time together with people. And, and unfortunately, you know, they have, what they have with you is a, an exchange. And, and, and by no means, I'm a big coaching fan and frankly i think i do it on the side for a lot of people but you know this is no disrespect to coaching but you get paid to do that and what we're trying to say Absolutely. to people is hey you know you can do these things but you need to invest the time and find that one person or two people that can be that support network when you're not with your coach and right. but you can't do that if you only reach out to them once a year this was such a great interview that we decided to turn it into a two-part series. Be sure to tune in next week for part two so you don't miss out on the amazing content. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time. Unauthentic Living with Roxanne.